Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of End of Regulation. We do not have Monsignor Menges with us tonight, but no worries. Tommy Lasagna is here to hold down the fort with me. I got two of my guys, my best guys. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year, Tom. Oh, that's Happy fucking New Year. Tom, what's your resolution? Um, I, I always come up with so many and I never follow through with them. So I'm sticking to one this year. And uh, my one resolution is to read more books. And that's very, very vague. So I gave myself a, a concrete number of five books to read this year. That's not very many. That's um, Well, it's that's, about five, five more than I typically read. So I'm going to start yeah. small and, you know, come December, try and be an overachiever. I'm putting the over under at one and a half. So, Shakes, if you want to get in on that. Thank you very much, Harrison. (laughs) Shakes, how you doing, dude? I'm doing all right, doing all right. Uh, Welcome back. Happy New Year, like you said. Uh, It's good to be in it. We got, uh, obviously, the main course here is football, football, and and more football. So, let's get into it. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Let's go. Second down and seven. Mahomes, Watkins, what a throw! Now you like it is, you're blessed. You're blessed that I chose you. You're blessed that I chose to whoop your ass next. Greatest comebacks in Masters history. One of the greatest comebacks in sports history. All right. Well, speaking of football, I guess we can start at the collegiate level, coming off a weekend of some pretty substantial blowouts in the college football playoff with Alabama taking care of business against Notre Dame and Ohio State just absolutely routing Clemson. Um, so do you guys have any thoughts or opinions on either of those games or, you know, maybe the Heisman, you know, we, we can, we can free, free form here tonight. Uh, yes, of course I have some opinions. Number one, man, I, I, I'm usually a, not a person who like puts a lot of stock into the, the idea of like teams having, uh, you know, motivations outside the normal course of a practice week or whatever. I I don't put a lot of stock in like what opposing coaches are saying and shit. And obviously where I'm going with this is uh, there was a lot of shit talk going on between Clemson and Ohio State, uh, mainly from the mouth of Dabo Sweeney, uh, the loudmouth prick of a head coach at Clemson. (laughs) (laughs) That's correct. uh, So, uh, you know, plenty plenty of jabbering going on about uh, Ohio State not playing enough games, maybe not deserving to be in the discussion for college football playoff. And obviously they had some bad blood from previous playoff scenarios, including last year's uh, game in which Ohio State thought there were a lot of bad calls that went their way and kind of tilted the game toward Clemson. So anyways, uh, yeah, Dabo has been running his mouth for quite a while. uh, And I'm not going to lie, I think it I think it absolutely showed shown on film like and just live during the game that like damn Ohio State is just playing angry you know like especially yeah. Trey Sermon um, especially Trey Sermon and you know it always seems like uh, Ohio State uh, plays pretty soft kind of in the secondary at least their cornerbacks they get they kind of get a lot of talk but I think they kind of play pretty soft coverage but obviously uh, Wade whatever his name is um, you know, plenty of those guys coming up and making plays in the backfield and just like playing angry. And once the game started going their way, I mean, that's the first time in a long time that like Clemson's been kind of just like at a loss, you know, unsure. just handed to him. Grimes, what do you yeah. think? I mean, 
Yes. Okay. It was. I was surprised. I was surprised by Ohio State. I was surprised by Justin Fields. I mean, talk about a guy who can sling the rock. Like those deep balls he was throwing were outrageous. And yeah. and against you know a Clemson defense that certainly was not as good as years past, but it's still Clemson, and they still reload in their recruiting classes every single year with four stars and five stars. Um, but man, like once once the doors were blown off, you know Justin Fields really took it to him and. Uh, you know, we'll see what it does to his draft stock and all that. Love the way that Trey Sermon run, run, ran. And, uh, you know, I didn't really know much about him going into this game. I knew he had a couple of good games going in, you know, but I wasn't totally sold on Ohio State either. I thought, you know, they started the year off really well. Had a couple, had a couple big wins. Then they had a couple iffy games. I know they ended up going 6-0, and but uh, they had a couple games where you were like, you know, maybe they aren't as good as advertised. And, you know, they, they proved all the haters wrong. Um, is that going to yeah. hold up against an, an Alabama juggernaut? Fuck well, that's, no. uh, that's you know, that's the uh, the million-dollar question there. And, and I agree. I think Ohio State did look iffy. And with such a small sample size of only six games, you know, they, they were tested. I think I think their game against Indiana was, was pretty telling. Uh, but Indiana is a good football team on both sides of the ball. And uh, even against Northwestern, they look sloppy in the uh, in the Big Ten or Big Twelve. Yeah, sorry, Big Ten. <laughs> Get my divisions mixed up here. Big Ten championship. But will they be able to stop Bama? I I think it's going to be an absolute shootout of a national championship. Uh, which, if you're listening, is next Monday, uh, January 11th at 8 p.m. So get your bets in beforehand. As of right now, I think Ohio State's floating right around a seven-point underdog. And honestly, I like Ohio State for the sole fact of what we just saw out of Justin Fields. I know it's Alabama, but if you look at Alabama against teams such as, you know, the Floridas of the SEC that can sling the ball, that can create, you know, matchups that, you know, favor um, you know, taking advantage of that defense, I think Ohio State has the ability to put up a lot of points. Can they stop Alabama's offense? I that's going to be the question. And Grimes, I see you're shaking your head in your nice, nice new shirt. No. Well, well I mean, just take into account, you know, so reports are coming out now about Jalen Waddle being back at practice. There's no real indication whether he's going to play or not. Um, but even if he does play in kind of a shell of a role where he's just on the field to run go routes and just open up space for Devonta Smith, like Sean Wade is their only premier cornerback. And I thought he looked like shit in that Clemson game. And, and, you know, if Jalen Waddle's out there and they have to focus on both of those guys, you know, there's just no shot in hell. And then you've got Billingsley and you've got Najee Harris, who's an absolute freak show that hurdle he had in the, in the Notre Dame game. Oh, that was, was, sick. was very I mean, th- that's really the main thing. Like, they can just do it to you every single way. Again, yeah. it's, I mean, Alabama's just built different. I mean, even this, it's it's crazy to think that you can even say that year after year after year after year. But, uh, I mean, this is the most efficient the offense has ever been. I think this is honestly the best running back they've had since Derrick Henry. Um, that certainly helps. And they have the best wide receiving core they've ever had. So all they have to have is a halfway competent defense. And to be honest with you, I think Mac Jones is every bit as good if not better, and probably uh, he's, you know, smarter pre-snap quarterback um, than Justin Fields. So, I mean, there's other than just pure arm strength and maybe top speed, um, 
I think he's the better quarterback kind of every single way you slice and dice it. So not only do they have the better athletes, they kind of have the better quarterback. And I think they'll outscore Ohio State when it's all said and done. So I will uh, I will add this little tidbit that I was watching uh, just some some interview earlier and they were saying that Justin Fields has never he never felt more confident and comfortable with his you know pregame and study and prep for for this past game against uh, what was probably the best defense they saw all year. And I, I kind of think the whole like getting left out of the Heisman race kind of gave him that that weight off his shoulder and kind of allowed him to just sort of focus on his game. And if he brings that focus in the next weekend or next Monday, I should say, I I'm leaning Ohio state here. I don't know. I was just watching uh, the 2015 sugar bowl. Uh, if you will remember that Ezekiel Elliott and Michael Thomas and Cardale Jones and company of Ohio state upset the you know, Derek Henry and Amari Cooper, Alabama crimson tide. And I thought it was funny that they were playing that on TV, and it was it was kind of a sign that I I think Ohio State's the 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 lean here in terms of gambling. So gun to your head with the spread. That's a nice rhyme. Alabama minus seven, Ohio State plus seven. Shakes, who you got? Uh, gun to my head. I'll take Ohio State plus seven. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm gonna go. I think everyone's really high on Ohio State following this Clemson game. I'm going to go Bama minus seven, doors blowing off, over 75 points. Just give the people a show. Yeah. yeah well, All yeah, right. that's fair. I love it. Uh, I, w- I will say this game is going to go one of two ways where Ohio State is going to win by like a field goal or it's going to be a 30-point Alabama route. victory with, with I'm ease. I'm not going to lie. All right, roll uh, tide. It's before we move on, it, it's just the last thing I want to say here is it's crazy. Obviously, there's a clear-cut top three t- teams in college football, right? It's Bama, Clemson, Ohio State. Everyone's, you know, someone else has an up year every now and then. The LSU, you know, caught magic, caught lightning in a bottle last year, et cetera, whatever. But those three teams alone have concentrated so much of the talent at the top just because of their, you know, ability to reach the playoff every year. And uh, when you look at a team like them against Notre Dame on the field, literally standing beside each other, playing against each other, I mean, Notre Dame is one of the most storied programs of all time. They look like a JV squad, you know, playing against Alabama. They literally look like a JV squad. Their offensive linemen look like they weigh about 270 pounds, and every one of Alabama's is 325. You know, like, it was pretty obvious on film, and and that's kind of – Ohio State brings a lot of that to the table. Everyone knows that they recruit a huge chunk of, you know, five-star players, as do the other teams. But, yeah, I just had to say that, like, looking at those teams against kind of kind of the normals of the college football world, even the good teams, uh, it's just crazy how much talent that those three guys specifically have, like, managed to, to keep. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, uh, again, that's Monday night, uh, six days from now. Make sure you tune in because uh, the boys at end of regulation will be for sure. Um, all right. Well, I think that's about all for college football. Uh, also, shout out Devontae Smith uh, for winning the Heisman Trophy Award just yeah. a few minutes ago. Um, you guys have anything to say about that? Stud. Stud. He's, he's, he's going to be a freak show in the NFL, too. I think he's got all, uh, all the uh, intangibles there. I would love for him to fall. Uh, he he will not fall this far down the first round. Um, 
I'd love for him to fall to the Titans. Titans did not <laughs> uh, assign Corey Davis a fifth-year option, obviously, this past year. So really? He, he'll, yeah, so it's going to be down to A.J. Brown and who else, you know, name any other, <laughs> other wide receiver. Adam Humphreys, you know, more or less. So um, hopefully he could fall that far down the draft. Uh, but these last, obviously, feel like I'm naturally segueing to the NFL here. I'm sorry, Tom, to steal your thunder here. But uh, it's going to be a lot Go of wide receivers it. in this year's draft class either way. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, let's uh well let's just carry right on in. It is officially wild card weekend. Uh what a crazy crazy year we've had really. Um but the playoffs are set and Saturday games, Sunday games all day, just constant football. I love it. <laughs> this is like Christmas part 2. And uh unfortunately, my boys, the New England Patriots aren't in it. It's okay. We're regrouping. But, uh, you know, we do have plenty of teams in here to talk about, and uh, I guess we can just start with Saturday. Uh, One o'clock, you have Colts at the Buffalo Bills, followed by Rams and Seahawks at 440. And then the nightcap will be the Buccaneers heading to the NFC East Divisional Champion Washington football team. So on that note, uh, Grimes, I will give it to you and just, you know, pick where you want to start and we'll go from there. I Let's just let's go right down the uh, the timeline of events uh, as as Saturday comes. I think this Colts Bills game is going to be kind of a sneaky good game. Um, there's a couple different things to look at here. I mean, first and foremost is is the Indianapolis Colts rushing game. Um, past five games they've gone over 100 yards. Two of those five games have gone over 200 yards, and we're looking at a Bills defense that's tied for fifth on most yards per carry. Um, so certainly a point of emphasis that yards per, is that, is that allowed or are they at the, the yeah, top yeah, end yeah, or the yeah, bottom yards, end yards per yards per attempt allowed, excuse me. Oh, okay, um, gotcha. Gotcha. So on, on, on the bottom end of, of rushing defense. So certainly a point of emphasis for the Colts. Uh, you got to imagine Jonathan Taylor is going to be getting a lot of carries. You know, I think for them to be successful, they got to give him the ball probably upwards of 25 times. Um, you know, and I, cause I just don't really trust Philip Rivers in that passing game, you know, for a, a million different reasons. With that being said, uh, anytime someone thinks Phil Rivers, it's him throwing an interception in the playoffs, right? Like, I mean, that's just all the bad guys. <laughs> just, just stamped into your brain. Um, well, no, I, I agree. Have, well, I think you got to feed him. On the other end of the spectrum, um, you know, you've got the Bills, right? So the Bills pass happy offense, air, like pretty much an air raid offense. Uh, not much going on, you know, out of Devin Singletary on the run game. So not really much to worry about that. And the Colts defense is really centered around the run defense. So it's kind of like a, a not, it's not a great matchup for them because, you know, to have a good run defense, you want to go against a good run offense to kind of, you know, cancel that out. Um, but the Bills move the ball through the air. Stephon Diggs is a, is a freak show. Um and so ultimately, I like the Bills to, to to win here. I don't know if they'll cover the spread. Spreads at six and a half right now. Um, I'm seeing six and a half. Yeah. I like I like the Colts to cover the spread there and and keep it to like maybe a field goal game. I, I think. I, uh, by the way, this wild card weekend honestly is going to be one of the best wild card weekends in my fucking lifetime. I just want to say that. I mean, the fact that Harry said this is going to be a sneaky good game, I think that's preposterous. I think this is like the fact that we're talking about this matchup. Like on a Saturday on Wild Card Weekend, an 11 and five Colts team that only got lucky enough that the NFL, you know, extended the the playoff qualifications to seven teams this year. Um, 
I mean, seriously, like they, they would have missed the playoffs in a normal year. And here they are about to take on the Bills, you know, a, a legit Super Bowl contender, mind you, um, in, you know, the first round. And uh, I mean, honestly, like Harry said, I mean, the Colts can obviously pound the ball. They have a great rushing attack. If Phil Rivers doesn't play like a complete boner, which he's known to do uh, this time of year, they have a legit chance. And obviously the Colts have had not only one of the best defenses as a whole, but just one of the best pass pass rushing attacks um, in the NFL all season. So if nothing else, the, um, I mean, it's, it's going to be a good game. Obviously I think I would just, I would, I would probably lean on the Colts and the points, six and a half points. Uh, but at the end of the day, Josh Allen's proven to be dynamic this year. So I like, him yeah, I, uh, I, I am worried. Uh, I'd like to note that Jonathan Taylor is coming off a almost shadowed rushing performance because of Derrick Henry, but Jonathan Taylor ran for 253 yards last week against the Jaguars. And a few and touchdowns, right? He had two touchdowns, and he has six touchdowns across his last four games. So you want to talk about a rookie finding his stride at the right time? Uh, it's yeah. Jonathan Taylor to the T. He's third in the league in rush yards with uh, just under 1,200. But, uh, you know, when, when push comes to shove, I think you're right. I think the Colts kind of lucked out being here. And against a team uh, like the Bills that we know, the Bills have been firing on all cylinders. They could have coasted into, uh, you know, week 17, and they came out and just foot on the gas, did not let up, and just kicked Miami out of the playoff race. I love the Bills in the AFC this year. I think they can go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs, and I think this line is set about right. Mind you, it's in Buffalo, and I'm like 35% sure that fans are allowed in the stands in Buffalo. I Don't quote me on that number, but it's Bill's Mafia, dude, in the playoffs, back in the playoffs, foot on the gas, and I will be taking the Bills with the points here. Um, I I do like what, what Indy has done recently. But we've all said it. Phil Phil Rivers is an idiot, and if he, you know, I mean, if you go down ten points machine. quick, if they, if they go down ten points and they have to throw the ball, they're running out of time. I I don't see Phil Rivers keeping them in the game. So down the stretch, I like the Bills to pull it out. Uh, oh, moving out on, here. Reich, though, great coach. Uh, yes, yes, great coach. Uh, moving on here, uh, I don't really see the need to spend too much time on L.A. and Seattle. Two teams that honestly have been kind of going in the wrong direction for the better half of the second or for the better half of, you know, the last two months or so. And the fact that it's in Seattle, I, I, I like Seattle, I guess, but I don't know. Seattle. I don't really have a whole lot to say on this game here. What do you, what do you guys think? Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm Seattle too. I mean, Jared Goff might not, might not be playing. Um, I'm sure he, even if he does, he's not going to be hundred percent. So, uh, I don't I don't like either of these teams advancing far in the playoffs anyway, so Seattle with the points, I'll take it. Uh, serious question, though, before we move on. What the fuck happened to Russell Wilson this year? Uh, he started off the first four to six weeks looking like a uh, complete god. Uh, I'm quoted on this show even talking about how it's absurd that he's never had an MVP vote. Uh, I, if you had asked me then if Russell Wilson would receive zero MVP, MVP votes this year I would have bet my entire life on that and I think I think it's a absolute certainty that he's not going to get any at this point so he's looked pretty awful uh the last eight weeks honestly yeah yeah I, 
I, I don't know. But, well, yeah, honestly, I don't really have too much. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to got, back him because we were all on that boat. But, damn. He's got, all, he's got all the weapons, man. He just uh, It's got to be his offensive line has to be a part of it. I, I, I Admittedly, I don't watch a ton of Seattle Seahawks games. To be honest, um, I kind of do. I watch Fox quite a bit. I, I, I mean, I see. I, I really don't know what it is. They, they have definitely struggled to protect him. He's, he's just kind of made some bonehead decisions. But I mean, obviously, yeah. he, he has all the tools himself. He throws, still throws one of the best deep ball. I think he's, he's a gamer. He's someone that, like, especially compared to Jared Goff, right? Like, Russell Wilson is someone who can decide that he's going to win a football game and go win it. And I don't think Jared Goff has that trait. Yeah, Jer- Jared Goff's like just waiting to get back to his bong and his couch. <laughs> Which I completely respect. <laughs> uh, I will I will end on this note here. Um, like I said, this game is in Seattle. Seattle is 7-1 and one at home this year, while the Rams are only 4-4 four and four on the road. So make, make what you want with those numbers. Seattle. Seattle. Minus four. To my best Bill Belichick impression there. <laughs> We're on to Seattle. All right. So um, I guess the probably the flashiest game of the week is the Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers are making their way up to the nation's capital to face the Washington football team. And I know, you know, it's been spread around. It's making its way around the news stations. But Chase Young added gasoline to the fire and said, I, you know, give me Tom Brady. I want Tom Brady, which is, uh, I don't think that was in anybody's playbook. Definitely not in Ron Rivera's playbook to, uh, to gas up Tom Brady, but you know, he'll, he gonna learn, he gonna learn. So what do you, what uh, do you guys think here? What do you guys think about this game? I, I love that move, but, uh, man, before you, before you say some shit like that, I just would, I would have to look around on my team and ask myself, do, do I really think we can beat Tom Brady? You know, like if he played, I, I would look else, at my quarterback and say, yeah. can this guy on one leg beat Tom Brady? So, so it, it literally is going to have to be done by, by him, him and him only. I don't think Alex Smith has it in him. Uh, yeah, I, I you know what? Maybe Washington can cover seven and a half points. Looking like I can the, get you eight points right now. Because um, purely because of that defense. Though. I mean, you got. I mean, that defensive line probably is, is one of the best, if not the best, defensive lines in the, in the NFL. Um, you know, overall, it, they'll they'll be a problem for Tom Brady. I I, I can't imagine Bucks scoring very, you know, much higher than than twenty points. Um, and if and if that's about it, then you got to imagine Washington can get you know two scores in there somewhere. Um, so I, I like Hopefully. Washington to cover though. So I will uh, I will say I thought a lot about this game and you know being in Richmond, I am sort of a pseudo Washington football team fan. Call me crazy, but I think they will cover. I don't know if they'll win, but I think they cover eight points. Just this, this defensive front is mean. They are full of Alabama dudes and, you know, Chase Young, obviously. But, I mean, they've just been kind of attacking every quarterback. They've been, you know, making them uncomfortable. And if there's one weakness in old man Brady's game, it's having to get out of the pocket. And, if you know, if they disrupt his rhythm, they make him move around a little bit. I, I think this can be a competitive game. And for that reason, I think the the bet is to take Washington first half 
you know, have them come out hot, stump Brady a little bit in the first half. I don't know how many points they're going to be able to and ultimately put up down the stretch. But I think they can certainly make Brady uncomfortable. And you have to keep in mind here, Mike Evans, it doesn't look like Mike Evans is going to play. And I know they have tons of weapons, but, you know, let, let's be honest, Mike Evans is the alpha on that, you know, in terms of the weapons they have. I don't care how many receptions Chris Godwin gets or touches that Antonio Brown gets or fucking Gronk. The, the answer is Mike Evans. And if he's not in the game, their whole offensive dynamic is going to change. And I don't know. In in the uh, you know the year of 2020, that's given us so much you know trouble and hassle. You have this bright spot in the NFL with Ron Rivera beating cancer and Alex Smith coming back off a gruesome, you know, potentially deadly leg injury. The the stars seem to just be aligning for the Washington the Washington football team. the Washington football team removing an extremely racist nickname from their company name. Right, right. Add it to the list. This is exactly. Think outside the box a little here. <laughs> it's the team of destiny in 2020. I just convinced myself they're they're gonna win. Skins no team. money line. Skins money line. Quote me on it now. Thank me later. Wow. So Tom Wells is <laughs> off Tom Brady. Got it. I'm writing that. Well, uh, Grimes, what's, what's Brady's record? What what's Brady's record against uh, NFC oh, East teams? NFC uh, East teams in the playoffs. I believe it's I believe it's zero and three. Uh, one and no, it's one and three, one and yeah. three. Don't I think that was oh four? Yeah, don't forget oh four. R.I.P. Don't. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, all right. So that's that's Saturday, and then we'll get into Sunday. Um, we have the probably the game of the entire weekend as Baltimore yep. heads to Tennessee. That's the early slot, and then uh, four o'clock game. You have the Bears visiting the Saints. And then finally, uh, round three between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. So without further ado, Shakes, the Nashville native, please enlighten us about what shit's going to happen. Well, this one is intriguing to me for obvious reasons. Uh, I think of all the matchups in week one, obviously uh, Steelers and Browns, which we'll talk about in a bit, it's going to be physical as well, AFC North matchup. But I think this game has the flavor to be the absolute most physical of uh, the weekend, possibly even the entire playoffs. Um, And it was kind of played in that vein uh, last year as well when they, when they met in the playoffs. Um, So this will be the third time um, in the last 12 months, basically, that the Titans have faced the Ravens. And you know what? To Mike Brabel's credit, uh, to Arthur Smith's credit, really every single person on the team, um, they have absolutely shown that they have, you know, the recipe for success against the Baltimore Ravens at a time when many people have considered the Ravens to be, you know, the toughest they've ever been to defend. But, uh, you know, the main thing, obviously, is just – you know, keeping the quarterback uh, who likes to run, obviously, Lamar Jackson's an absolute savage. Uh, if you keep him in the cylinder, you can't make him uh, you can make him try and beat you with his arm. He basically cannot do it. And then obviously the Titans have had some of their own success on the other side of the ball, uh, just pounding it with with Derrick Henry. So they have to do more of that, whether or not the, the Ravens have figured out after the last two kind of beat down, so to speak, upsets more or less. You know, definitely last year in the playoffs, that was an upset. Um, sure. Can, can the Ravens answer? So, you know, everyone always says uh, the hardest thing to do is beat someone three times in a row. Uh, so that's the one thing that's got me feeling nervous if I'm the Titans. But to be honest, um, if you've seen anything about Derrick Henry over the last three years, you know he's at his best right now. And to be honest, it gets to the point 
the last three, it's it's been that way the last couple of years. Obviously, he's had huge games to end the season versus the Jags, the Colts, uh, the Texans often, and uh, especially this past weekend. But even at a time where it looks like Derrick Henry himself is more worn down than ever and maybe not at his at his personal best, just everyone else is so far worn down beyond him that like he gets better. You know, it's I, I don't know what it is, but like when it gets late into games, especially against you know when it he he had about a hundred yards, one hundred and seven yards at half, and he needed I think you know one hundred and twenty three or something in the second half to break the two K mark. And it's like I mean, hell, that's that's a lot to ask, but I'm sure he's gonna do that because they just <laughs> for some reason he just falls forward six yards every single time, you know. And that's what he did. So, um, yeah, I, I like the Titans. Tannehill doesn't turn the ball over. If Henry can hang on to the football this week, uh, then we'll see what happens. I, I think they know how to beat the Ravens. It's a tough one, man. It's a tough one. Lamar Jackson's looking like the MVP of old all of a sudden. You know, he had kind of a, a, a rocky middle of the season here, and, and he's, they're starting to kind of find their groove right at the right time. Um, I don't think the Titans defense is, is particularly threatening to a Lamar Jackson run offense. And, you know, granted, I, I, I don't love the pieces that are around him. Um, you know, Hollywood Brown and Des Bryant, and then they've got kind of the, the, the usual stable of running backs behind them. Um, it's, it's a tough one. It's a really tough Mark one. Mark Andrews is a fucking beast, though. Mark Andrews is a beast. Yes. That's true. Baltimore's favorite in this game, three and a half points. I'm saying maybe three points, depending on what, you know, where you're looking. Take Titans money line. <laughs> I think Titans money line is a really safe bet to just to have in there. And oh god, this one kills me because I'm a bit. I love Lamar. I love you know. I you know I love what he does for the game and all that. Um, but Titans, Titans are gonna. Their offense is better on paper, even with Tannehill at the. At their the their offense is stout. That's one thing I will say. Obviously, uh, before we move on from them, uh, there are a lot of head coaching uh, openings in the NFL currently. Obviously, we got the uh, the Jets, the Chargers, among others, looking for uh, looking for head coaches. Um, Arthur Smith, the Titans, uh, homegrown offensive coordinator. He's been with the Titans organization, I think, for twelve or fourteen years. Um, was most recently before he got promoted to OC, um, he was the tight ends coach. Um, so he's been born and bred basically in the Titans organization is one of the, I mean, has put together over the last couple years here, or I guess since he moved on from Marcus Mariota, I should say, um, one of the best offenses in the NFL, especially this year. And yeah, Derrick Henry is a weapon, but, uh, they, they're just so good at asking Tannehill to do what he can do, which is, you know, sell the, sell the fake play action greatness is what he's all about and obviously i mean he can do enough with his legs to like keep people honest with the bootleg and the the offense that they run is just extremely efficient they use their weapons wisely share the ball and uh he's he's going to be gone next year unfortunately so he's getting a lot of looks at a head coaching gig i think that's someone you'll see in the news here pretty soon just uh pray pray for him that he doesn't go to the jets don't go yeah. to the Texans. He, he won't. I don't think he'll go to either. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a different angle on this. I'm gonna take the over in this game. What do you uh, think, What do you got for a number here? Uh, it's not showing it here. One sec. I'll I don't I don't hate it. I think that's uh, it's it's hard to really pick a side, but 55. I, I think they go over 60. Holy minutes. shit! 55. Oof. Ah, all right. And on that note, I will be taking the Baltimore Ravens. 
minus three. Um, and here's why. One player is going to be the X factor in this game, and his name is J.K. Dobbins. Uh, if you haven't really been paying attention much to the Ravens recently, Dobbins has been going off. Uh, he's really taken over since, you know, probably week 12 as the sort of premier back behind, I guess, Lamar Jackson in terms of their, their running attack. But J.K. Dobbins is another rookie, much like Jonathan Taylor, that's really starting to find his role. And I think, Chicks, you were right when you said it. To, to beat the Ravens, you, know, you control Lamar Jackson and you make him beat you with his arm. To counter that, the Ravens recently have been basically feeding Dobbins, and you got to respect the run. And when you have to respect the run, it's much more difficult to corral Lamar. And that's sort of where I think they found a lot of their success. And I really don't know too much about how the Titans have fared against the run this year. Uh, it always seems like they've just been in crazy shootouts. So I, you know, it, it could be a little skewed anyways. Uh, but, you know, I am uh, I, I think there's a lot of chalk on this Titans plus three number at home. On paper, to me, the Titans should be favored. And the fact that they're not makes me think that Vegas knows something that I don't. And so I will be taking the Ravens minus three here. Uh, that over under 55 is a little too sketchy for a playoff game. And especially like, like Shake said, teams that have you know played each other, which for which will be the third time in about 12 months. So, uh, all right, looking forward to that one. And what else we have left here? Uh, anything on Bears, Saints, really? Seems like these four o'clock games are scheduled specifically for like, all right, take a break. Uh, like, naps. Yeah, go, go, naps. Do, go get something to eat. <laughs> you know, maybe catch the second half. Yeah, go, go pick up your wing, your wings and another case of beers and, you know. Yeah, uh, the Bears, uh, Bears are at, like probably the second least deserving team to be in the playoffs. Uh, I think the, the the Saints have kind of, you know, returned to their, their normal selves here late in the season. And, uh, they're probably, the Saints took a beer nap like halfway through the season. Yeah, they, they did. Yeah. They did take a little beer nap. But uh, I think they're, they're going to make this one look pretty easy and uh, move move past the, the Bears. What happened to Cleo Mack? Like, I feel I've watched a couple of Bears games recently. I feel like I don't notice him on the field whatsoever. He got paid, bro. Yeah, I guess. He got paid. Fuck. That's a yeah. great point. It really do be that way sometimes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see what uh what Mitchie Two Bags brings to the table here. I mean, he's he's played pretty well since taking over the reins, and again, a lot of that has come from David Montgomery, uh, being the running back that everybody has expected him to be or wanted him to be. So I am happy to see that. Uh, I don't know how healthy Allen Robinson is going to be which could be a problem. But regardless, A-Rob or no A-Rob, I, I do not see the Bears marching into New Orleans and you know, th- throwing Breeze out of the playoff race this early. Yeah, very easily. By the way, just real quick, uh, that Mooney kid, wide receiver, rookie. Dar- Darnell Mooney. He's nice, dude. I think he's, he's hurt, too. He's, he's definitely fair. hurt. He's very legit. Uh, yeah, I think I remember him fucking up his shoulder in the last game. I think he, I, I think correctly. he tweaked like his leg or his ankle or some shit. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, he hurt his ankle. Mooney was leading the Bears receivers before being forced out of Sunday's game in the fourth quarter. Prior to the injury, he had secured 11 of 13 targets for 93 yards. So yeah, he was eaten. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, let's uh, let's round it out. Final game. 
Round three, Browns Steelers. So uh, I I will be taking Pittsburgh, uh, whatever the spread is here. You can get on the Cleveland train if you want. You can ride the Baker Mayfield train. Baker thought he was hot shit because he beat fucking Mason Rudolph by a field goal last weekend or whatever it was. <laughs> um, I I cannot believe they did not blow out Pittsburgh by like 30 points. And now that all of Pittsburgh's starters are coming back, yeah, give me Pittsburgh, uh, who happens to be 7-1 and one at home this year. I know they're on a skid. I know kind of going in two different directions, but it's it's the Browns. It's the Browns. It's the Browns. It's all I need to know. Yeah, some things never change. Yes, they made the playoffs for the first time in like 17 years, whatever it is. But they're the Browns. They're without a bunch of players. They're without their head coach and most of their coaching staff. And, you know, Steelers, you know, Steelers, whatever their defense, whatever's left of their defense, they'll impose their will. And uh, and that's that season over. I will I will say uh, spread is minus six in favor of the Steelers. I'll probably take the Steelers, but first glance, I love the over 47 and a half points here. Uh, I think the Browns can definitely put up points, but I think they're going to have a hard time stopping that passing attack of the Steelers. Um, now that you know they're back to full health, and you know, Cleveland or Pittsburgh put up 22 points last week w- without any of their starters, so I can easily see, I don't know, 30, 33 out of Pittsburgh. So, yeah, give me the over 47 and a half here. Shakes, any thoughts? Um, to be honest, not so much. Not that you haven't already covered. Um, all right. Well, uh, does anybody have any other last-minute NFL Mayfield. thoughts? Uh, Baker Mayfield. Okay. okay. Baker Mayfield's actually – you know what? While we're on the subject, he's about to get to that point now. You know, his team's in the playoffs again and blah, blah, blah. And they've they've kind of done pretty well. They beat the Titans. They beat – you know, they – they won out. You know, they did what they had to do. Uh, when Baker Mayfield gets Twitter fingers, you know the Browns have hit their peak. That's when you fucking sell Brown stock. And <laughs> Baker Mayfield has Twitter kind of like the preseason last year, and then they shit the bed all 2019. Um, not only did Harry mention that their entire team is sick and their head coach is out, but Baker Mayfield has Twitter fingers. Uh, that dude loves being humbled. It's time for him to get humbled this Saturday, this Sunday. All right, I like that. I like that. Um, All right, well, I guess that sort of wraps up Wild Card Weekend. Um, Just please remember to gamble responsibly and don't take anything about any of our picks we say seriously because we are not professionals. But, uh, you know, that's that's where we're leaning. That's how we're thinking through these things. And, uh, yeah, gamble at your own discretion and uh, don't write a check that your ass can't cash. That's right. That's you, Baker. does anybody have any last-minute thoughts? You guys want to get into some buzzer beaters? You got a buzzer beater for me, Harry? Yeah, I mean, not so much of a buzzer beater. It's more of a reminder that, you know, as you know, recently as the Masters felt, we are already back into the new Fuck season yeah. of the PGA Tour this weekend with the Century Tournament of Champions in Kapalua, Hawaii. Uh, it's anybody who won a tournament last season will be there. And uh, we'll see if DJ can pick back up where he left off. Um, Justin Thomas is the defending champion. But pretty much any, you know, any major player that's not named Tiger Woods is in this. And 
you know, golf's back, baby. Let's go. So no golf major players. Back. Did I hear that right? No major mm-hmm. players in this. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much a bunch of scrubs. <laughs> yeah. You said everyone not named Tiger Woods. Okay. Uh, just <laughs> just kidding. No, listen, I definitely want to watch that. I'm pumped for golf to be back. Uh, that's that's sick. Speaking of which, I, I, I've been reading that that Tiger documentary got a lot of negative negative press and reviews. Let's go with that. Agreed. I'm going to have to watch it anyways, though. Yeah, I guess I'll watch it. I'm just now I've got this kind of sour taste in my mouth that they're just gonna slander his name. You know, you know, whoever puts this together, fuck them. I've even watched it. Yet. Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with that. All ears there. You gotta support the guy. Um. All right, let me think here. I did come prepared with a couple buzzer beaters. Uh, one, the NCAA March Madness has declared that they will be playing entirely in a bubble in Indianapolis this year, which I don't even want to think about that logistical nightmare, but I think in the the grand scheme of of getting it done and getting it done right, uh, I'm excited because I'm now confident that March Madness will happen this year. Um, You know, I think that the NBA sort of laid the ground ground rules last year with how to make it work, and granted, you're bringing in 68 teams and coaching staffs but, you know, that's why it's January and they're figuring this shit out now. They're not waiting until March like they did last year. But granted, yeah. shit, shit kind of did hit the fan all at once in March. So I'll give the NCAA a break. But, um, you know, I'm excited for March Madness and uh, keep studying your college hoops. And I also wanted to give a quick shout out to the San Diego Padres, who have just recently acquired Blake Snell from the Tampa Bay Rays. I know this is a little bit of old news, but... This is such an incredible baseball move. Uh, just a, a franchise that was on the cusp of greatness last year with just a pool full of young talent, exciting talent at every position. Uh, you bring in Manny Machado, and now you have Blake Snell to headline your staff, which are a bunch of hosses, frankly. They got a bunch of young electric arms. Uh, I'm, you know, the baseball kid in me is just oozing, oozing with excitement because. Finally, somebody that's going to combat the Dodgers. Finally, something different out of the NL West other than the Dodgers. Um, and as much as I like hate Blake Snell as a person, I love Blake Snell, the athlete, the, the baseball player. So I can't wait to see what he does in that division and how he leads that team. Heard that. Shakes. Uh, all I've, yeah, all I've got is uh, go Titans. Um Got 100% confidence that we're going to handle the Ravens this week. Uh, see you guys in the fucking AFC Championship game um, where we'll we're, we'll be facing the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I want the Chiefs. All right. Uh, you have any music for us Tied tonight, up. or uh, am I going yeah, to can I freestyle it? I'll just no, drop a beat right play now. Us, play us out with a little, uh, a little Black Delicious song called Perception. Alrighty, there you go. Peace, fellas. This is a special.